Well, it's post-Easter for Digging Deeper, and uh, Easter, the Super Bowl Sunday of all Sundays. And it is. It's our, it's our big event. <laughs> it's our big, big event. It was a fun one, though, here at Rise City. It was a good one. It was. It was a great day. Uh, man, just saw a lot of people and seen in a while, which is great, and uh, just man, a great time celebrating Jesus. And uh, It was a really good Sunday. The whole weekend was good, including our Good Friday service. Yeah, Good Friday service yeah, was, so. uh, was really cool. So yeah. uh, I'm Brandon. This is Pete. Pete, yes. We have different people on these Digging Deeper episodes, so there's your introduction. But uh, we just thought about talking all things Easter, because um, it is a significant, not just church um, event that takes place once a year, but it's surrounding or, or centered on the major event of the Christian faith, the resurrection. It is. And so we get excited about that. So You know, one of the things that's interesting being in, I don't want to say in America because I don't live anywhere else, but I do know like in our culture... It, it, we really approach what you might call like the Christian calendar where like the penultimate highest, most important moment is Christmas. You know, everything <laughs> is Christmas. We spent a whole month celebrating Christmas. Uh, and I think that's just because we get presents at Christmas. And so as kids, we love it so much. But as Christians, the the apex, the, the pinnacle of our faith is Easter. Yeah. Uh, it yeah. is the moment that, that Jesus defeats death and wins the day and proves himself. And so, yeah, we uh, we want to make a big deal out of Easter, and, and we do. So here's the thing. I want to start actually with that idea. Okay. Uh, those of you that follow this podcast pretty regularly might know that we, we use this as a chance to look behind the curtain a little bit, ask questions both about the message itself, but just things that you guys might want to know about how things run here. And Easter Sunday is a great day to talk about how things run here. And I have two things. The first is, and I'm going to bring it. So uh, every week we have a team of, of people who are involved in playing the services that get together. We talk about, you know, what went well last week, what's coming next week. And we just met today and we had a conversation, which I thought would be really interesting to kind of bring everyone into, which was when it comes to Easter, there's a part of us that feels like a lot of people are coming. So let's put our best foot forward. Yeah. But then also trying to balance it with, well, we don't want to be fake. We don't want to be something that we're not. And we don't just want to put on a show. So I'm thinking for you, as you head into, this is your, this was our ninth Easter here, Ryan? Eight, eighth. 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 eighth I, yeah. uh, I've been married <laughs> eighth, 17, ninth, four, eight, yeah. 11 years. Um, talk about that tension that you've wrestled with and, and kind of where you land on it in terms of wanting to, you know, visitors are coming, you know, everyone's bringing their grandma, but you also know that, you know, let's not go crazy here. Where, where is that line for you and you're trying to plan these out and lead these services? Yeah, I mean, I think everybody's probably different in their approach to this. I think for, for me and for us at Rise City, like uh, Ben, our worship pastor, made a, a fun comment, I, I think, today that was really good. He said, you know, you want to make sure if you have a bunch of people coming over, you have your house cleaned up. So, yeah. so we definitely want to have our house cleaned up. We want to put our best foot forward. Uh, we believe pronouncing and celebrating the resurrection of Jesus <laughs> deserves our best. Um, but we don't want to give false impressions that when you come back the week after Easter, it's like, oh, there was no, there's no ponies and face painting what? and there's no jumpy free slide living TV into a... giveaways or whatever else the next week. Um, yeah. There's not this massive, you know, choir. Uh, so, so what is reflective and authentic to who we are, but at the same time, like, you know, making a big deal of it. And so, over you know eight years now here at Rise City, I really think that kind of the the way that we go revolves around 
if we felt like really inspired creatively to keep adding different layers or, you know, if, if there's not this big, huge inspiration, the resurrection, of course, is the inspiring part, but like, hey, here's this creative angle, then, then how do we really just um, make sure to capture, I think story is always a really big deal. I'm always wanting to make sure to capture how the resurrection still is making an impact in people's lives today. Uh, singing is an important element always to... Uh, just be able to to sing out and give praise to God and to explain why the resurrection is so important. So I think that those are things that we're looking at how to do it. Um, But this year, uh, the creative side of it was more like Good Friday. Like Ben had a lot of uh, different or more interesting ideas for how to go about Good Friday. And so we really leaned into that. Where in years past, you know, we've I've preached with a skeleton on stage. Uh, we've had uh, different kind of montages of music and video at the same time. And we've had light bulbs turn on. And I mean, I, was, I did a first person narrative one time, but. But this we made a year, small movie once with the prodigal son. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Done well, we've done a lot of different Breaking things. Breaking pots that didn't break. Yeah, that was that was just yeah. miraculous. Go back and watch that. Um, but this year was like I wanted to tell the story of the, the two thieves on the cross. But Ben had a vision for like how do we really help people come more to Easter, ready to celebrate because they felt the weight really of what Good Friday is of Jesus' crucifixion, and so that became more of where we put all of our time and energy. So both were done, I think of what we say with excellence, but at the same time, we're not going to try to force and do something if it's not there, because then it comes off really, um, I think, inauthentic and not representative of who we are. And we also, just another behind the scenes show how on top of things we are, we had talked, I mean, I want to months ago, John, you probably remember, but like, we had this idea where you told us, we were just brainstorming, like, what are you thinking about Easter? <laughs> and you kind of were like, well, I'm thinking like the two thieves on the cross, and so we start brainstorming. I was like, "What, what if we, what if we had two crosses hanging and we shone light on them?" <laughs> like, yeah. And we went out and found some of Mary West, who's phenomenal. Yeah, uh, she made those crosses from like styrofoam, so beautiful. And then, like two weeks ago, you're like, "I might be going a different direction." And I was like, "Oh no." <laughs> I, I mean, this is borrowing your language from another time, but it's it's part. You're like, you know, you talk about when you lead worship. You're like, ah, sometimes I can be like the drunk driver. You just like, and like, I will say that as a preacher, there are times like, there's there's intoxication of the spirit, not uh, any other, but but there's this as you get closer to the moment and you really yeah. get yourself into the te- the text. You're like, okay, God, what do you want to say in this particular time? And I personally have a hard time having something, unless I'm crystal clear six months in advance, that closer I get to it, it's like, well, where's the church at? We've been going through Acts, what's yeah. best? And so, yeah, it was like, I still want to do the same thing, but I think I'm going a different angle. And, and you did end up landing there. But here, here's the, what really scared me, though, was not just that you wouldn't go that direction. What scared me was two years ago, when Mary and I first connected, we had this idea. It was the, the it was called Rolling Stones, and we had an idea of building a massive tomb with a rolling stone. Yeah. And Mary actually built it, and it, it was like huge. And it was beautiful, and then. Like three weeks before Easter, COVID hits, oh, okay, completely yeah. I, shuts I, I, it down. I, I, I still ran yeah, with it, Yeah, and so okay. we're all sitting here like, oh, no, we can't. We moved online, and like, we can't use it anymore. And uh, we ended up did kind of using it on the video, but I was like, oh, I hope I get to use these. So they did work out, though, and we got to hang them. And I thought it was really cool. It was a good effect, and I mean, it was it was just a great Sunday. One of the things that you didn't like about Easter, uh, <laughs> <laughs> again, we talked about afterwards, and this is something that you've been, you, we, we as a team have been wrestling with for a while, is being uh, a church that gathers together and has kind of a freedom and a sense of 
you know, we have a time here, but we also can kind of breathe and move. And on Easter Sunday, with three services, it was like, boom, 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 boom. You got to be yeah. done. This time, this time, there was a tight crunch. And even second service, it was kind of like, we want to go a little longer on this song. No, we got a parking lot. Yeah. And you wrestled with that. I know that was something that almost right away after after church you'd mentioned. Like, tell people that are listening, like, what's going through your head, how you're feeling about that, and what, what's hard about it for you. Well, there's... There's there's honor at stake. There's honoring everyone who's there and honoring all the people who are serving, honoring the parking lot people, all that kind of stuff. Because there's so many more people, so you got the honor piece is like, how can I be efficient with the time, stay within the time margin, so we can turn over the parking lot, get new volunteers, and make sure the lobby's not too congested, make sure that people have the space to to be ready for the next service, and all that kind of stuff. And so there's honor there, but then there's honoring the moment what you feel like the spirit is doing in the service or how is how the spirit's working in people's hearts but but you feel like if there's this moment where i feel like i need to say a couple more things or maybe they want to kind of have the music go a little bit longer you feel like well i i can't because if i do that yeah. then then all of a sudden we've got chaos in the parking lot and we're not going to have the children's ministry turned over and so it's really frustrating and and when you look at it it's all important because because you know people matter and, and and if you don't consider people and you create chaos and there's frustration but at the same time like we're here to celebrate a, an empty tomb and freedom that comes in Christ and so when that moment feels like it has to be so concise and has to be like almost so like you know every i is dotted and t is crossed and we can't go any further it's just like it seems like the the celebration then becomes very programmatic yeah. uh, and planned versus just um, authentic, and so I, I struggle with that. And then leading into the week, like the, the truth is, oftentimes I am or the preacher is the one who has to, is the, determines how long the service is because I can go an hour or I can go thirty minutes, and and I know I probably should at times like, hey, people's attention spans are small, so stick at thirty minutes. But like I struggle that 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 thirty. It's 40 minutes. Like, if you give me any time in there, I'm great. If I have to go 30 or below, it's hard. And so, mm-hmm. all week, I am stressed and I am trying to make sure, like, I do not go over because if I go over, it causes this or this person, a song gets cut. And, and I hate it. <laughs> I just, the internal anxiety that I had, it just drove me nuts. And I just, I think I told you and I told everybody, I was like, you know what? I don't know how we're going to do this. Um, we might have to build a bigger auditorium or something, but like, I just don't want to have hour-long services ever. Like, I just don't because, I mean, first off, people have taken a lot of time to put on their Easter best and do all this kind of stuff, and they get here, and all of a sudden, they, by the time they get their kids checked in, they sit down, it's like, it really is about 45 minutes that they're here. And it's like, oh, it seems like we should do more than that. Plus, it's the resurrection of Jesus. I think it can demand 45 minutes but it also should have way more than 45 minutes. So, I don't know. And then when it's all said and done, I'm feeling all this anxiety and stress over about five or six minutes in a message or an extra tag to a chorus of a song. Uh, so, yeah, anyway, I, I still, I don't know what to do about it, but if you're watching, if you're listening, just know, like, you might not notice it, but it is hard to hit times. Yeah. Um, and there is this internal stress that takes place because... What if God does prompt us to go longer? What if, what if, like that extra refrain of that song, kind of is what God even uses to, to move in someone's heart or really deepen what they've just experienced? Um, 
and I, God's you know in control and sovereign use that, but I hate it because at times I feel it, but I feel like I have to stop what I sense in the spirit for the sake of sanity of people and crowd control. And I don't like that. I think it, to me, this is a great forum to, to even talk about it because the truth is, I don't know who all is watching or listening right now, but my assumption is most of the people that are tuning into Digging Deeper are probably people that are at least connected to our church or yeah, whatever. And what I've found is those of us that have maybe called Christianity a part of their life for a long period of time probably come from, they didn't come from Rise because we've only been here, I'm pretty sure it's nine years. Is it eight years? Our ninth birthday is this October. Okay. I don't think it's <laughs> we nine. launched in yeah. 2013. Yeah. Anyway, You've been married um, so, for 13 years. 13 years. <laughs> um, well, all that being said, though, most people would say, like, a lot of people would say, um, I come from somewhere else. Yeah. And so what I've found is people who come from churches that are maybe a bit more free-flowing and, you know, call it charismatic or something. It's like, well, we, my church, when I grew up in, we could just, if we want to go an extra half hour, we just want a half an hour. Why, why don't we do that at Rise? And I want to, like, help explain, like, that is great, but you don't understand how many people you're affecting when you yeah. do that. Yeah. On the other side, you have some people like, no, no, oh, we're in 10 minutes. It's time to go. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's okay to sometimes it's finding that middle ground. That's hard. And, and uh, so I want to completely change directions um, and ask something that I think I, I'm maybe no one is wondering this, but I want to know this. We talk about a big crowd at Easter because the fact is Easter and Christmas are days that people who maybe aren't as committed or aren't, is wanting necessarily to go to church are like, fine, I'll go. And there are a lot of people, I know this because there were a lot of people here on Sunday. There's a lot of people at Rise City who I think took a step of faith and invited someone this week. Hmm. Yeah. They had to have. Yeah. All, all yeah. We've almost doubled in size. Yeah. Well, it could have been our social media push. John did an awesome <laughs> did. advertisement through that. So, so. <laughs> if you're somebody that just went out of your comfort zone and invited your neighbor and they actually showed up to church on Sunday... Now what? What would you say to those people who now their neighbor showed up, their grandma actually came to church? Like, what? What's another step they could take with those people? I mean, I would. You're the best person to follow up because they came not because of Rise City. They became. They came because of your invitation. There was a mm -hmm. personal relationship that somehow garnered trust in that person's life. Trust of your invitation that you would invite them to something that that they think you think that they would probably benefit from or enjoy. And and so they, their step of faith was like, I'm trusting that they had my best interest in mind and I came. And so now that they have come, I, I think the best person to follow up again, whether that's extending another invite to them this coming Sunday and saying, hey, what did you think when I come back? Or at the very least, trying to have a conversation like, you know, I would love to hear how your experience was at Easter, you know, and what conversations took place after. Um, just to keep that conversation going, because the likelihood is it's going to take multiple invitations for them, someone to keep coming. And even if they don't keep coming, you now at least have a, a talking point to, to go off of in future conversations in terms of faith, whether or not they come to church again. But, you know, that time that you can arise for Easter, you know, this, is, this was something that we, we did, you know, and we, we still do that. What did you think about that? Or, man, that time that, like example, like I talked about the two thieves on the cross, the one receiving forgiveness, well, both receiving forgiveness, but one, you know, actually accepting it. What happens if a couple months down the road, that very person you invited might not come back to church, but you're having a conversation with them because they're your neighbor, their coworker, and they're struggling with harboring um, 
and a lack of forgiveness for somebody or whatever, you, you can point back to that. And so I would say, be thinking how with what you experienced on Easter Sunday, you can inject that into conversations or future invitations, and it's going to be received more so because it's from you, and they trusted you to begin with. Mm, that's good. I just know it can be scary for people. It's very scary yeah. for people, yeah. It's difficult by itself just to invite someone to something, but then they've come, you're like, well, I, 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 have a, I have a text I haven't sent yet. And there's, there's someone that came and I had a great conversation. But now I feel like if I send that text, like, oh man, now he's going to think I'm, I, I only wanted him here to get him saved. Yeah. Which, I, I mean, I did. <laughs> I did, but at the same time, like, you're my friend. And so I don't want to like mess up the relationship either. And now he thinks that you were just a project, you know? And I think that there's that fear where it's like, I want to send that text because... I know he had a great experience and it provoked a lot of thought and question. So I don't want to miss the opportunity to follow up. But at the same time, you, you just know because it's almost like um, when you're solicited for things, like only so much can you take and eventually you tune out. And I just want to like, what is that? Um, just what's the discernment of knowing when and how much and, and Lord, I'm, the other thing, I mean, I can keep praying. Like I, I'm praying for all the people who heard that may not come back, but, but God can work behind the scenes more than even me trying to make things happen. And yeah. so those are some things I think about. That's good. And I, I just, even as a, one of the pastors here, I just want to say like, I am, we were asked a question. I, I'm sorry, my mind's blanking. We did a Q and A kind of thing and somebody asked a question maybe that was it of like, how, how can we be supporting you? Or what, I think that was a question like what, what, or what makes you guys, you know, feel supported. Yeah. And I didn't, I, you answered it, but the thing that went through my head is I feel the most encouraged, supported when it seems like you guys are doing this with me <laughs> with like, it's not me. I, I'm on paid staff. It's like, no, we are the church. And yeah. a Sunday like this for me, yeah, it's cool to do all the bells and whistles on Easter, but knowing that I'm part of a church where you guys are out there inviting your neighbors and bringing your friends to these things, it's just it's encouraging to me because it's like we're in this together. You're 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 not just expecting us to like. It's like no, this is us doing this together. And so, um, however we can help you guys, and yeah. maybe you're sitting at home and you're like, I, my neighbor asked me a question and I can't answer it. Shoot us an email. Uh, like talk to us. I'd love help in that way. So. Um, yeah, it's like we we're, we're here for, we're like yeah. resources, sure. not end alls. So like God gives us opportunities to, to share things or to teach things, to help you maybe in answering questions, but but we're not the ones able to have the conversations that, that you can because you have the relationship. And so when we know we're doing what we're doing and in our own personal lives, hopefully investing in those relationships and you're doing what you're doing in your spheres of influence. We're working together, and uh, I think you're dead on. Like that is so encouraging to us to keep going and doing what we do. So I want to end with a question. Question. Uh, a question. <laughs> a question, about, question. Well, you know, like you, we were just talking about asking questions. So I'm gonna okay. ask, an asking question. Question. Um, and this is there's when I this there's no right or wrong answer to this question. I just thought it might be no, it, there's no such um, thing as right and wrong with question. <laughs> questions. Yeah. So. <laughs> I, don't know I do think about. it's helpful just to maybe offer, give a little bit of space to be a little clearer. Um, you, when you, when you talked about these two guys on the cross, you not only said which cross they were on, but you even told their name. Yeah. And like anyone that's like holding their Bible, they're like, wait, what in the, where did you, what's, how did you know their name? You, now you, in defense, you did say a church tradition. And 
what I thought might be interesting just for a couple minutes is like when we're talking about church tradition, there's a, there is one, there is kind of a danger and the danger is, um, there's a whole section of Christianity, uh, who, who identify under the word Catholic who Mm -hmm. actually believe, um, very firmly that church tradition is just as on par in many ways as Thus what's saith the, in the Lord. Bible. Yeah. And so here, some people that maybe have a Catholic background, well, if it's church tradition, but it seemed like you were, the way you were approaching it was a bit more like church tradition, take this with a grain of salt, but it's interesting. Like talk about the difference between things that are traditions and things that are actually in the Bible and the way that you preach and the way that you form beliefs. Yeah, I mean, if it's if it's in the actual Bible, and I would say even the Bible that evangelicals or Protestants use is different. There's a section that's not in that Bible that's in the Catholic Bible, the Apocrypha. Mm-hmm. So even to say, so I, when I say what, what I see in the Scriptures, I'm referring to the Old Testament and the New Testament combined. Um, that to me is like, okay, that's that's what I state claim on and say this is what we know and this is what I can say for certain. Um, Other things, whether they're extra writings that came during that time period or a little bit after, or different things that were passed on in in Catholic traditions that actually influenced, you know, the Protestant movement later on, that that maybe they came from writings, maybe they came from oral tradition, Um, you know, there's there's a lot of these things. I think that there's things that we can learn. Um, I just don't know if all of it is true because it, it, it's not in what I would deem to be kind of the, the canonized sacred text of the of the Bible. So, you know, there's things even like, hey, Peter was crucified upside down. We don't know that from the Bible, but church tradition says that. Mm. And so, I, I'm not saying it's not true. I just I don't put as much weight on it as I do if it's directly written in the in the Bible. And and so when I was talking about these two thieves, I actually don't even this maybe is poor scholarship on my part. I mean, I saw that that was the case, dug a little bit. I don't know when this emerged in church history to name Gestus and Dismas as the two thieves, all that kind of stuff. I did find it to be very interesting and it personalized it by putting names to it. So that's why I went that direction. But you're the church historian. So I would love for you to answer that question too. <laughs> I really mean that because because I remember you saying that to me. I was like, I don't really have a clue how to answer that question <laughs> when you asked that. But like, how, what would you say? I, I don't know that I would answer it any differently than what you just said, to be honest. I, so I, I think there there is a line. There's like a line in the sand that you can go up to, but you can't cross. That line is things from church history or church tradition. Sometimes they're... Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, and just actually let me clarify that. The phrase church history is different than church tradition. When yeah. we say church history, we're almost always referring to things that we have pretty solid evidence actually historically happened, and so we call it history. history yeah. Church tradition are things that we don't actually have any real evidence. It could be kind of made up. But, eh. So actually, as a Christian, I put a lot of stock in church history. Yeah. I've spent a lot of time studying it. Um, when I preach, I try to think about historical settings. Church tradition is more like, okay, but what you said was interesting. You said it personalized it. And I think... That's the way that church traditions can add a lot of value to our stories and things we talk about, as long as we don't cross the line of making it actual theology or building beliefs about it. And so on Sunday, you know, if I were an outside observer or whatever and asked to critique it, I would have said, you use church tradition to kind of help us, the listener, just personalize it and put a face to an idea. 
but you never used church tradition in a way that made me think it was somehow central or vital to the point you were making. It didn't, whether it's true or not, had no impact on whether or not what you were ultimately preaching about was true or not. Yeah. I think that's the best way to use it. And I've heard people preach on Peter being upside down or different things like that. But the reality is some things that church tradition, um, we don't have a single piece of literature, of writing from the first century other than what's actually in, in your Bible. Bible. Yeah. The earliest non-biblical piece of literature we have comes early in the second century, 70 years after Jesus, after this event. Um, and so there's actually a decent amount of stuff that we actually take sometimes for face value that might be more tradition than history. Uh, even just for example, like who was Matthew that wrote the book of Matthew? We don't actually see that show up uh, in a name until a couple hundred years later. So there's good reason to believe when it came up, it was following a, an actual line of tradition that was true. Um, but there are areas that that one's yeah. a lot heavier, right? Yeah. Uh, who wrote Matthew was way heavier than whether this guy's name was this or that. Um, so there is, it's not an exact science. There are times that the best thing to do is just to be honest about it, <laughs> acknowledge it. This is tradition. We're not sure. So we're not going to build any mountains on it build mountains on it. <laughs> That's a dumb thing to say. Monuments, I meant. Um, but sometimes tradition does just give us a color and a, and a way to visualize the past that can be so helpful. Um, I think there's a place for it. I really yeah. like the way that you did it. It was cool. Yeah. Well, I, and I figured it was probably, um, it was better than, I was originally going to think of putting Pete and Brandon. And <laughs> which put, one am I? You would have been on the left. Wait, which one's the left? Because that was the other thing. Yeah, you're well, facing the crowd. Oh, and so you're going well, left with way. your right hand and left with your, well, and everyone's like, wait, what? And the I'm person with the lights is trying to follow you. That was the hardest part because I, I had to do it all backwards. But I, you definitely would have been the, the, the criminal that did oh, I'd have been receive. the mocker. Yeah, oh, you're yeah. the mocker. And I'd be like, take yourself off this cross. Yeah, and I'm the nice one. Yeah, you're the optimist. like, Jesus, remember me when you come in the kingdom. So, well, that was Easter. That was Easter. Good it was Friday. A, it was a great weekend. Uh, it was a great weekend, and um, yeah, we are praying. One of the things that Jean mentioned in our meeting today, just you know, that seeds get planted, and Jesus tells that parable that some of them actually end up uh, going deep, being watered, and bearing good fruit, but some of them get plucked away, and, and some of them get stolen away. And so, our prayer is that all who came, um, man, that God would keep bringing people into their life to water that seed and to deepen it. And our hope is you would keep making invitations. You would keep investing the people that you brought so that that um, opportunity wasn't just one time that they heard, but hopefully that they uh, come to receive just the, the good news of, of Easter, which is ultimately Jesus is alive. So for sure. So that's that's what we got for today. Uh, you're preaching this next Sunday, right? I am. You're looking on? at uh, a Jewish sorcerer. Ooh, magic! Ooh. Man, so if you like magic and sorcery, and <laughs> Pete loves Dungeons and Dragons and all that stuff, I, so I'm sure it's going I, to be. Yeah, yeah. I'm not admitting to any nerd stuff on this podcast. Okay, so back in Acts this week. Hope you join with us, and then digging deeper next week. So thanks for hanging out with us again and uh, man, praying that God works in you and through you in great ways throughout this week. God bless. See you guys.